episode number 53 of the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast. Hi, I hope you're doing well. In this episode, I'm sharing my top four steps for balancing your blood sugar and why that's important to do, especially when it comes to menopause weight loss. But even if you feel like you don't have extra weight to lose, this is an important episode for you too. Because being on a blood sugar roller coaster is not at all good for our metabolic health and can increase the risk of diseases such as diabetes and dementia. But before we get into all of that, I just want to let you know that I've opened up some new one-off laser coaching sessions this spring. If you've been thinking about getting some health coaching but weren't sure about committing to a full three-month program, or even if you've only just come across the idea of health coaching and having a personalised one-hour laser coaching session sounds like something that you need right now, then head over to katherineshelton.com forward slash work with me and scroll down to the bottom of the page to find out more. Spring is the perfect time of year to give your health a bit of a kickstart. You can receive coaching on anything that's troubling you right now, whether it's weight loss, stress, work-life balance, sleep, exercise, whatever it is, we'll work together so that you can come up with two to three actionable steps that you can put into practice straight away so that you will start to see results quickly. I don't normally offer one-off coaching like this and spots are limited, so book your session quickly. You'll find the link to do so in the show notes below. Before we start, just a quick disclaimer. The information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast, a show where we talk all things perimenopause so that you can be informed and empowered with great tips and strategies to help you live a healthier life through menopause and beyond. Whether or not you choose to take HRT, I believe there's so much more we can do to support our health and well-being through our diet and lifestyle, and that it's when we're intentional about our health that we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need in order to flourish in a life we love. If you're looking to find ways to navigate your way through perimenopause with calmness and confidence, then you're in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. Today, we're talking about blood sugar balancing. Have you heard of that before? What on earth is it and why do we need to do it? Well, let's start with why it's important to have blood sugar balance, especially as we enter perimenopause and beyond. You probably already know that high blood sugar levels are not great for your health. It increases your risk for type 2 diabetes, heart disease and stroke. And millions of people are not even aware that they have raised blood sugar. We don't often find out until it's too late and we're diagnosed with diabetes, even though we may have been experiencing symptoms and warning signs up to 10 years before. In fact, according to Dr. Michael Mosley, the number of people in the UK with pre-diabetes is around 35% which is more than triple what it was 10 years ago. And it's estimated that about 86 million Americans and 500 million Chinese have pre-diabetes. The problem here is insulin. 
Now, you might think of insulin as just something that diabetics need to inject themselves with every now and again. But actually, it's really important that we all understand the role of insulin in our body. You see, insulin is a very important hormone whose main job is to help bring down high blood sugar levels. When we eat something sugary, insulin is secreted by the pancreas to deal with the extra glucose and shift it into our muscles and our cells where it can be used for energy. But the problem arises when we have too much glucose or sugar entering our bloodstream. When insulin has to work overtime on a regular basis, our body becomes less and less sensitive to it. It becomes harder to store the glucose in our cells, and so insulin diverts it into fat storage instead. Insulin is then basically a fat storage hormone. And the problem is that our bodies are having to produce more insulin than ever before. Why? Well, because our modern diet is so high in sugar and refined carbs in a way that it never was. Added sugars, breakfast cereals, muffins, cakes, biscuits, cookies, pastries, crackers, breads, soft drinks and even white rice and potatoes, they all raise our blood sugar and make our insulin spike again and again throughout the day. And eventually we become more and more resistant to insulin and are in danger of health problems such as metabolic syndrome and diabetes. You see, our bodies don't want high levels of blood sugar because it's damaging to our cells and arteries, but we can all too easily get stuck on a blood sugar roller coaster. A high sugar snack or meal will spike our insulin, but then later we get a sugar crash and levels dip too low. And when we have low blood sugar, then we get hangry and irritable. It affects our energy and our concentration. And cortisol is then released and our bodies crave something sugary in order to raise our blood sugar back again. And the cycle starts all over again. But the more that our blood sugar goes up and down, the more fat we end up storing. Now, in case you're thinking that you're totally fine because you are not overweight, then you do need to know that there's such a thing as a TOFI, T-O-F-I. And that stands for thin on the outside, fat on the inside. And such people have large amounts of visceral or internal fat that doesn't necessarily show, but is just as dangerous. For many of us, though, we are aware of the need to lose weight, and I still count myself in this category. As we get older, it becomes increasingly difficult to lose the pounds. What might have worked for us when we were in our 20s and 30s just doesn't seem to be working in our 40s and 50s. And before long, we notice the proverbial menopause middle creeping on around our midsection. But there is good news. Adopting these four steps to balance your blood sugar will make a difference and start you on the journey back towards a healthy weight and a healthy body once more. And there's more good news. You don't have to count calories or feel hungry while doing it. It might take some time to lean into some new habits and practices, but the results will definitely be worth it. When we learn to balance our blood sugar, we can get off this crazy roller coaster and our blood sugar levels will return to within a normal range of fluctuation. And when we do that, we have no more fat storage highs and lows and we can actually start to burn fat instead. So let's take a look at the four steps. To help you remember them, they all start with an E. I know, you're welcome. The first one is Eat protein with every meal and snack. So protein fills you up and keeps you satiated for longer, as do healthy fats such as avocados, nuts, seeds and olive oil. 
And when we eat protein before or with carbohydrates, it slows the release of the sugar from the carbohydrate into our bloodstream and helps to keep those insulin spikes at bay. Healthy proteins can also include plant-based proteins such as tofu, beans, nuts and seeds. So number one is to eat protein with every meal and snack. The second step is to eliminate or significantly reduce refined sugars and carbohydrates. Okay, so we've already talked about how these are the things that spike our insulin levels. Think white sugars, white flours, white potatoes and white rice. Those are the main things to start to let go of. And be aware that foods that are labelled brown or whole grain can also have added sugar and create insulin spikes too. Instead, the best thing to do is to opt for slow-releasing complex carbohydrates such as vegetables, legumes and whole grains. You might be wondering about fruit. Well, fruit juice is not a great option because the fibre has been removed and so the sugar goes straight into your bloodstream. But fruit is really good for you, so always have the whole fruit. But with that said, some fruit is more sugary than others. The best fruits to opt for are berries, apples and pears. And if you want to go a step further, you can look up something called the glycemic load of the food that you're eating. This will tell you the impact that that particular food will have on your blood sugar levels. Glycemic load is calculated as the glycemic index of the food multiplied by the amount of carbs in the portion that you're eating and divided by 100. But don't worry, you can find lots of information about this online. Generally, it's a good idea to avoid foods which have a glycemic load of more than 20. And if you're really interested in learning about what spikes your blood sugar, you can look into getting a continuous glucose monitor or a CGM. This device monitors your blood glucose levels continuously throughout the day, so you can get immediate feedback about the effects of what you're eating on your blood sugar levels. Different foods spike blood sugar in different ways for different people. For some, grapes might be an issue, and for others, it might be sweet potatoes. As I keep saying on this podcast, we are all different, so it's really important that you experiment and learn what works best for your body. I myself am actually going to be experimenting with the CGM this May, so I'll report back what I find out in a future episode. Okay, number three is exercise regularly, but not too much. So the first two steps have been about diet. By focusing on the food that you're eating, you can significantly reduce the number of insulin spikes throughout the day. But exercise is also another great way to keep your blood sugar levels balanced. Why? Well, for one thing, exercise burns up the glucose that is already available in your muscles, making room for more glucose to be stored there before it needs to be stored as fat. And also exercise, especially the kind that focuses on strength and resistance training, can build your muscles up too, which means that there's more room for glucose storage in there. There are two types of exercise to focus on. The first is generally keeping more active throughout the day. This includes standing more and not just sitting at a desk all day, walking wherever possible, taking the stairs instead of the escalator. Basically, try to get into the habit of being more active generally. For some people, it's helpful to keep an eye on their step count and to try to aim for a certain number of steps each day. Secondly, 
there's intentional exercise such as brisk walking, running, swimming, cycling, strength training, pilates or taking a class. Aim to do this kind of exercise at least three times a week if possible. There is a caveat though, don't overdo it on the endurance exercise. You see, exercise in itself is a stressor on the body. It's a good stressor, but a stressor nonetheless. And what that means is that, like for other stressful situations, it will encourage your body to raise your cortisol levels. Increased cortisol levels over a long period of time can also encourage your body to store fat rather than release it. Which is why, in my case, sadly, when I was training for the London Marathon last year, averaging between 20 and 30 miles of running a week, my weight actually stayed the same, annoyingly. Now, as you know, I love long distance running, and if you also really enjoy a form of endurance exercise, then I'm not saying that you should stop doing it. Exercise should be for enjoyment and for mental health. But just be aware that it might not be helping with weight loss, and you'll have to focus on diet and strength training for that. Finally, the fourth step is to embody peacefulness. We're looking at things that raise blood sugar levels, and being stressed out is certainly one of those. When we're stressed, our adrenal glands produce extra adrenaline and cortisol. And when we have elevated levels of the stress hormone adrenaline, the body is encouraged to release extra glucose into our bloodstream to give us the energy that it thinks we need to run or fight the threat. Only nowadays, we don't actually need that extra glucose. As for cortisol, that also encourages the body to store fat. Why? Well, historically, if we had high cortisol levels over a prolonged period of time, then it meant that we were facing a famine. Since food was scarce, the body adapted by slowing down our metabolism and storing fat for the winter ahead. Today, thankfully, very few of us have to face a famine situation. Instead, the things that raise our cortisol levels tend to be things like stresses at work, too many emails, financial worries, difficult relationships, traffic jams, concerns about a loved one, and so on. But our body doesn't know the difference between these kinds of perceived threats and the kinds of threats that we might have faced hundreds of years ago, and so it responds in the same way as it has always done. So, since our stress hormones increase blood sugar levels, it makes sense to do whatever we can to minimise our stress. We might not be able to get rid of all the stresses in our life, but we can change our perception of them and make space in our day or our week to do practices to help encourage peacefulness and relaxation. So, working on your mindset is key. So, journaling, praying and meditation, talking things through with trusted friends... That is all really, really important. And other things you can do to embody peacefulness include things like rest and relaxation, walking outside in nature, deep breathing techniques, ensuring adequate sleep, reading a good book, doing a hobby that brings you joy, candles, essential oils, massages, and so on. Find out what works for you and be sure to schedule those things into your diary just the same as you would for a work meeting. Okay, so those are the four steps. Just to recap, step number one, eat protein with every meal and snack. Step number two, eliminate or significantly reduce refined sugars and carbohydrates. Step number three, exercise regularly, but not too much. 
And step number four, embody peacefulness. Let me know how you get on with those by emailing me at hello at katherineshelton.com or why not come over and join our Facebook group at the Healthier Life Through Menopause community. And don't forget to book your spring kickstart laser coaching session at katherineshelton.com forward slash work with me. I can't wait to get you started on making this year your year for a healthier, happier you. That's it for now. Take care and I'll catch you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to your podcast provider and leave me an honest review. That way, more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode or of your review and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Katherine Shelton Coaching and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. Until next time.